Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Chris Trapasso here. Welcome into another episode of the Prospect Podcast. As usual, I'm going to talk about the young quarterbacks at the NFL level. I write that article every week at CBSSports.com. Uh, and in week four, a lot of those first and second year quarterbacks played a lot better. Like it was an ugly beginning to the season for pretty much all of the young quarterbacks, especially the rookies, besides Justin Herbert. Like Justin Herbert looked like he picked up exactly where he left off in his offensive rookie of the year season last year. Everyone else, it was like, what's happening? Like all these super hyped quarterbacks were not playing very well. But, and I'll start with Zach Wilson. In week four, they just looked like they got over a hump and were a lot more comfortable. Now, I will say, before I get into Zach Wilson and a few of these other quarterbacks, competition has to be considered. And I, with those grades, I, I factor it in a little bit. But when you're dealing with first and, and second year quarterbacks, to see them play well against any defense is a positive sign. It's encouraging, even if you're facing the Tennessee Titans secondary, uh, that's not a, a Mountain West or a Pac-12 or Coastal Carolina secondary, which actually Coastal Carolina was pretty good on defense last year, but it's a good thing. So Zach Wilson, I think, had a nice blend of throwing it short, getting it out quickly, taking what Tennessee's defense gave him, and then being BYU Zach Wilson. Like he was improvising that long touchdown to Corey Davis that he had Corey Davis open on a deep over as he was rolling right, but he decided to send Corey Davis by pointing to the end zone, and then he like uncorked it 55 yards in the air on the run, kind of jumping in the air when he threw it. That was BYU Zach Wilson, the guy that went from, oh, maybe he could be picked in the sixth or seventh round to the number two overall pick. Like That's what he did last year that, that made him go so high. He even fumbled a snap and didn't lose his composure. Looked left, found Jameson, Jameson Crowder deep down the field. There weren't as many sacks, a lot of, or as many pressures in this game of Zach Wilson. I don't know, was he was he sacked? I don't, I don't think he was sacked. Uh, if he was, it was only a few times as compared to he had the most sacks going into week four of any quarterback in the NFL and was pressured on 50% of his dropbacks. So encouraging sign for Zach Wilson. Now for the Jets, again, schedule matters. I think that's part of the reason why we've seen you know some other teams, the Las Vegas Raiders, maybe the Denver Broncos, 
uh, start off really well. Even the Bills, to a certain degree, on defense, uh, facing lesser defenses, and that's kind of buoying their defensive stats. Same is true for these quarterbacks who they're having to face. Gets an easier matchup, and Zach Wilson has a breakout game. He gets the Falcons in Atlanta in a dome. Not a great defense again. The secondary is a weak spot. But then after that, on the road in New England, that's never an easy matchup uh, because I think Bill Belichick still is very, very or I know Bill Belichick is still very good scheming defensively. At home against the Bengals, at the Colts, at home against the Bills, that'll be a difficult game defensively uh, for Zach Wilson. Home against the Dolphins. So he has a few matchups in there that should be ripe for him to be the BYU Zach Wilson that we saw uh, in his career there. And, and again, what made him to be that first pick. So, or that second overall pick. Encouraging if you're a Jets fan. I think you realize that this team is not really close to even contending in the AFC, but if your quarterback is good, that's what you take from this season. That's really what Jets fans going into this year should have been excited about like, Hey, it's all about Zach Wilson, the wins and the losses. You know, when I'm invested on a Sunday, uh, I'm going to be wanting them to win. But really as if you're a Jets fan, you got to think, Hey, this is all about Zach Wilson, Justin Herbert, uh, a handful of throws, mostly on his touchdowns on Monday night football against the Raiders were impressive. He's been so good on third downs this season. And in that game, uh, there were a couple misses. Uh, there was a, Deep route to Jalen Guyton that was kind of airmailed. He had Mike Williams down the field on a double move, which would have been a walk-in touchdown, overthrew it a little bit. So not like as precise as Justin Herbert had been for most of the first three weeks, but there were still those high-caliber throws in all the congestion of the red zone, uh, tight window passes that just a lot of quarterbacks can't make. There's probably five to seven quarterbacks that can make some of the throws that he did in this game. And that's kind of been the book on Justin Herbert really last year, but certainly early in his second season, I gave him a B plus. He's still the highest graded quarterback at a B plus overall for the season. He's very close to being an a minus, but he's still at in the B plus range and Jalen hurts. I mean, talk about the uh, competition. The chiefs were a little banged up in their secondary, and that's already not really a strength of that team. But it might be a strength of their defense because they still have Tyron Matthew. Charvarius Ward is not great, but he's a solid player. He didn't play on Sunday. When you look at the secondary compared to, and I have to mention Juan Thornhill because he's a really rangy safety. I was a big fan of him coming out of Virginia a few years ago. When you look at the secondary compared to the linebacker group and the D-line, like that might be a strength. But anyway, it's overall has not been a very good defense through four weeks. And Jalen Hurts looked the most poised and the most accurate that I saw him play in any game in his NFL career. He was throwing from inside the pocket, wasn't turning to a last resort too early and running, which I, I think, you know, the running element is certainly part of what he brings to the field and it fits the modern day NFL, what you want from your quarterback. He's certainly athletic, but you still want to see that quarterback win from the pocket first and foremost. And he did that against the chiefs. There were two throws. This game could have been completely different. And I think you see the score, you maybe check the, the game tracker after and see, Oh, there was a, a touchdown with under a minute to go. This was really a, almost a 20 point game, but two throws from Jalen hurts that he really wants to have back Two relatively short outbreaking routes. 
I believe one was Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz, one of the tight ends, and another was to Greg Ward in was it Greg Ward? Yeah. Greg Ward. Both would have been touchdowns. They were like a half of yard, a half yard wide of the target. They fell incomplete. The Eagles had to kick field goals on those drives. If not, I think this game is completely different. And and this would have been a lot more uh, of a scary game for the Chiefs because as far as crazy good as Tyreek Hill was, 11 catches, 183 yards, three touchdowns. The defense did not allow a punt, or, or they did not force a punt of the Jalen Hurts-led Eagles offense the whole game. There were still a lot of screens. I think Nick Sirianni is actually doing an amazing job with Jalen Hurts, giving him easy throws, getting him on the run, dialing up some deep shots off play action, really playing into his strengths, not asking him to do too much early, taking those deep shots when he has the right looks um, up front and in the secondary. Then there was also a touchdown pass in the fourth quarter to Devontae Smith. Wasn't terrible coverage, but the throw had to be in the bucket. I think Smith had about a half a step. It was. It would have narrowed the gap, I believe, to one score, but Devontae Smith stepped out of bounds. They called it illegal touching, which is so weird because that happened the other week with a Jalen Hurts touchdown when Jalen Rager stepped out of bounds down the sideline, made a great catch. Thought it was a touchdown, but it wasn't. So Jalen Hurts is pointing up. His arrow is pointing up. He looks a lot better um, and just more poised inside the pocket. He's fine with staying inside the pocket, throwing the football. Yes, a lot of it's screens, a lot of it's shallow crosses, uh, slants, RPOs, but that's kind of what the NFL is becoming today. And if you can operate that well and then still hit the big shots down the field, two, three, four a game, and then run and scramble and create and improvise when you need to, that's kind of the ingredients. Put them all together and you have a good quarterback. So Jalen Hurts has really surprised me. Uh, I thought it would take him even longer than this to really acclimate himself. But we will see Jalen Hurts this week on the road against the Panthers, a defense that was a little bit exposed after you know a great start, but against some lesser offenses in the first three weeks. They were exposed against the Cowboys. I think it's still a pretty good defense. But it'll be interesting to see how Jalen Hurts plays on the road in Carolina. They get the Buccaneers at home after that. On paper, before the season, that looked like a difficult matchup with all the injuries and just the way that the Buccaneers aren't really playing that well defensively. That might be a little bit more of a layup than expected. I mean, I think it will be. At the Raiders, at the Lions, home Chargers, at the Broncos. So similar to Zach Wilson, there are some opportunities there. There are a few difficult games. Uh, in terms of pass rush and secondary, but Jalen Hurts, similar situation to Zach Wilson as well with that organization. The Eagles are rebuilding, clearly. like They might have three first-round picks in the 2022 draft. It's all about the quarterback, though. Like If if they go 4-13 and 13 or 5-12, and 12, and I've gotten very good at adding those numbers together to get to 17, I've made that, I've made a concerted effort to do that but Jalen Hurts looks like a good quarterback, then maybe they don't have to go quarterback in the first round at in what looks like a pretty weak quarterback class at the top, and they can just build around Jalen Hurts and add like edge rusher, corner, um, offensive line in those first three picks. That would be huge in terms of not having to take a pick on a quarterback. I mean, I, I think they will certainly think about that. 
regardless of how Jalen Hurts plays. Joe Burrow on Thursday Night Football, the most aggressive that we saw from him, which is good because I think the best Joe Burrow, and I wrote this in my article, uh, the best Joe Burrow is the aggressive Joe Burrow, where he's not just a product of an RPO-based scheme that's checking it down and throwing it underneath and utilizing Joe Mixon and the backs out of the backfield. He made three or four very high-level throws, most mostly to Jamar Chase and C.J. Ozuma down the field. And that's what you want from him. That's why he was the first overall pick. The improvisation and the deep ball accuracy were exquisite in that final season at LSU and against, again, we're talking about bad defenses here, against a pretty bad defense in Jacksonville, the game that was a lot closer than people thought, he got it done. Justin Fields, another bad defense, but I liked the things that he did from a strict quarterback perspective. The 64-yard bomb to Darnell Mooney was a post route, and there was a middle-of-the-field safety that Justin Fields stared at for the first like two seconds of the play to hold that safety. If he would have been over anxious, it's his, uh, you know, early in his career, looking right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That probably gets intercepted or he doesn't even make the throw because it's just completely covered. So he did that. Uh, he, there was still good scrambling in there. There was a ridiculous spin move out of the grasp of a free rusher. And then Fields had the presence of mind to continue to look downfield, and he found Cole Komet um, with a perfect pass. Actually, the play was uh, ultimately incomplete because Cole Komet dropped it, but I, that's you don't factor that into the grades. Like The play in and of itself from the quarterback, Justin Fields, was fantastic on that. There was a good dig route throw to Allen Robinson. The timing on those digs needs to be perfect because um, he wasn't completely wide open and the throwing lane was closing. There were a few misses. There was a deep over to Darnell Mooney that was a little bit too far out in front of the receiver, and there was just like a comeback to Marquise Goodwin that was a little high. But I think the game is slowing down for Justin Fields. Finally, Matt Nagy named him the starter. Just let him play the season out. Like I don't think he's to the point, and the Bears are so bad where like Justin Fields can be ruined in his first season. And I've said this from the beginning. Justin Fields is very, very similar, almost a replica of Deshaun Watson. And early in Deshaun Watson's career, he did take a lot of sacks, but he did also extend plays, pick up yards with his legs, and then stretch the football vertically. And that's what Justin Fields can do. I don't think he will be ruined. His pocket presence will just turn into dust because he might get pressured a little bit more than he did at Ohio State, which that was, of course, going to happen uh, just going from that Ohio State offensive line to whichever team he landed with in the NFL. Mac Jones. Okay, so Sunday Night Football, it was a good game, obviously, and in immense hype, like the most hype we've seen for a regular season game that wasn't like two undefeated teams in a long time. I like what Mac Jones 
is doing getting the ball out of his hands and not taking a bunch of sacks and not really putting the ball in dangerous situations. But eventually, and it is only four games into his NFL career, he needs to make difficult throws beyond 10 yards. Like the offense is so pedestrian and there was like a graphic that they've only they only had scored a couple of touchdowns heading into the game. Uh he did have two touchdown passes, two or two or three. Um, to the tight ends in this game, but it's so conservative. He's he's finding the check down almost too quickly and just doesn't like what he sees and checks it down. And it almost seems like Josh McDaniels doesn't really trust him yet because a lot of these first reads are like a fullback running into the flat and getting three yards. So a high completion percentage, that's great, but it certainly doesn't always tell the whole story. At some point, Mac Jones needs to show that he can make the long throw across the field from the far hash on a deep out route. He can improvise, which that I don't see him ever doing that. Maybe he can be that middle of the field passer, intermediate level and be good in that area. I think that's the Patriots could maybe hold out hope that he could turn into that uh, a good quarterback in that sense. The improvisation, throwing on the run, rolling left and making it like, that's just not what he's going to do. And there was one bad interception where he forced the football. It looked like a throw where he was trying to do too much. So when we've seen him try to do that early in the season, there was a nice wheel route to James white. I believe maybe one or two, like 20 ish yard throws to Jacoby Myers beyond that. It's been everything underneath. And that's just not going to win in today's NFL. You have to be able to threaten the defense at least up to 15 or 20 yards, and Mac Jones just is not doing that yet. Trey Lance got a relief appearance after Jimmy Garoppolo went down. He he looked like Trey Lance. He looked like what we expected from Trey Lance, someone that started one year at North Dakota State and then got an exhibition game against Central Arkansas last season. Like The throw to Debo Samuel that was a busted coverage – that went for 76 yards. It was like underthrown by like five yards. Like Debo Samuel had to stop and wait like it was a punt. And then there was just no one within like 15 yards of him. That's how he was able to get down the field for the touchdown. Trey Lance was looking to his first read, got really panicked when he didn't see that open and would try to run. Took a couple sacks, a couple air mailed throws, um, but I think overall, like the fact that he didn't have a disastrous performance and look like and throw two or three picks and not have any strikes, there were a few decent throws. Um, there was a, a throw over the middle to Muhammad Sidnu that was probably thrown at about 65 miles per hour, super fast. And late in the game, he ripped a seam throw to George Kittle, but the safety dislodged it with a big hit. It was easily his best throw of the day, and I liked that it came late in the game. I think it was slowly uh, kind of becoming a little bit easier for him to read coverages in this game. We'll see what happens um, as he assumes the starting role with Jimmy Garoppolo on the bench. I think we're going to see Jimmy or Trey Lance being spoon-fed this offensive playbook, a lot of play-action rollouts, a lot of easy throws. And then when Kyle Shanahan gets in a second and short at about the 50-yard line. They're going to dial up a deep ball, 
and just say, hey, look, we if we get the safety rolling to the middle of the field, there's only one safety, take a deep shot, regardless of who it is, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, take that deep shot, and that's what they're going to hope to do early on. Davis Mills was disastrous against the Bills. I will say it was pouring on and off in that game, but after an interception on his first throw and then an airmail the second pass, Josh Allen didn't look like he had any problems controlling the football. Like He made a lot of really good throws in that game, and Davis Mills was just, I think, bothered by the rain, bothered by the complexity of the Bills' defense, the pass rush, did not take good care of the football, four interceptions. Um, a few were of the tip variety, but a few were not. They were forced passes that were very easy picks. His pocket presence wasn't good. And he really had problems moving the ball. I think the Texans had like 20 yards of offense going into the half. Like it was pretty ugly for Davis Mills after some encouraging play early on filling in for Tyrod Taylor. And Trevor Lawrence on Thursday night, I thought it was his best game of the season. There was like seven or eight like impressive throws rolling to his right to LaVisca Chenault, um, stepped up into the pocket, had some good scrambles. There was that long outbreaking route from the far hash that I talked about with Mac Jones. Another throw to LaVisca Chenault, 20 yard gain. Uh, there was a rocket to Marvin Jones near the sideline. It just got to its target before um, the cornerback was able to break it up. There were still some bad Trevor Lawrence abandoning some pockets too early, things like that. But I gave him a B minus for this game. And the Bengals defense, I think, is. Not great, but the the front four is pretty good. Jesse Bates is an elite safety. Uh, they have some decent talent in their secondary. The linebacker group is young and fast and has made a lot of plays. Logan Wilson has a bunch of interceptions. Uh, so I thought Trevor Lawrence start to turn that arrow close to pointing up. I want to see more than just one game from him uh, that is encouraging, but all these guys, I mean, really outside of Mac Jones, and I'm not going to say Mac Jones had a bad game, but he just, when I'm watching Mac Jones, and I'm, if you've seen my article at CBSSports.com, I have him, every quarterback's highlighted, first and second year quarterback that makes at least 10, or that throws at least 10 passes in the previous week. That's who I highlight. That's the film that I watch. Every quarterback has a best throws and a worst throws section. Every week for Mac Jones, it has been hard to find either because none of the throws are difficult and they're all accurate, but they're all four, three, four, five, six yards down the field or behind the line of scrimmage. But beyond that, I mean, he didn't, didn't play bad against the Buccaneers. And really, outside of Trey Lance, I thought all of the quarterbacks played pretty well. And most of them had their best performance of the season. Really, all of them. Burrow, Fields, Wilson, Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. They all had their best performances. And then well, maybe not Justin Herbert, but of the rookies, I think um, they all had their best performances. Jalen Hurts, second-year quarterback. And then Justin Herbert was kind of run-of-the-mill Justin Herbert, which is probably right now a top seven quarterback in the NFL and that could be top five in the next couple of weeks if he continues on the trajectory that he's shown early this season all right that'll do it for me today thank you so much for listening to the prospect podcast